Hello there and welcome to the Nourishing Soulfully podcast, a podcast to nourish your soul. On this podcast we talk all about self-kindness, self-care, tuning into your intuition and living a gentle, kind but motivated life. This week on the podcast we hear from another Peter. So, I'm Peter, I am a health and wellbeing coach, a trauma-informed practitioner and a certified intuitive eating facilitator. And what all of that means is that I work with people to help them heal their relationship with food, their body and themselves. So, we're hearing from Peter this week who is um, a former client of mine. She has worked with me by Elevate, the life-changing course in self-kindness and self-care. And um, we're going to hear about how Peter is kind to herself, the kind of things that she embraces in order to live that kind and compassionate life. Um, And I love these episodes because I think it gives you a really good idea of how simple these things can be, how they can just be tiny, small changes and that they're really achievable Often when we think about coaching, when we think about self-development and personal growth, it can be really daunting because there are many um, organizations out there, many companies and businesses that are sharing huge programs that take up all of your time and energy for very short-term results, whereas the kinds of things that we do here at Nourishing Soulfully are all about small tiny adjustments that create long-term sustainable change in your life, that create that lifelong habit, that self-kindness lifestyle. So in this clip, Peter speaks about two narratives, diet culture and work-life balance. And she speaks about the promoting of weight loss within diet culture, and also about how how at the moment, Work is thought of in a particular way, and so it doesn't really create that work-life balance. Where diet seemed to be all people, this culture that I grew up with every day. I still have older relatives that will greet me with, you've lost weight or you've gained weight, before they'll even say, how are you? In my work career, I've also come through that during the long hours hustle culture, the sense of if you're not working hard, you're not working, and being busy is a badge of honour. And I'm driven by wanting to change that, to change that for the next generation in terms of diet culture and to change it for the workforce because those narratives are not how we get the best from people. It's not how we ensure physical and emotional well-being and we're seeing those impacts. Thank you for mentioning how often we can be greeted by people saying something about our appearance before they even ask how we are. Um, this is something I hear from lots of clients and it can be really, it can be a tricky situation to deal with. So I thought I'd mention a few little things that we can do. Um, it, it is a sensitive subject. It is something that can feel quite awkward and it can feel quite difficult, but equally, if we don't say anything, it continues to happen and it can continue to make us feel really uncomfortable. So something that we can say is, My appearance is the least important thing about me. I'd love to tell you how I am instead, in quite a gentle, almost humorous way. So we're not coming across really um, 
annoyed, we're not being defensive, we're keeping it light, but we're also stating how we're feeling. Another way that another thing that we can say is looks aren't everything. I'd much rather discuss how you are and hear about what you've been up to. Again, keeping things light, but this is slightly more kind of saying, look, I don't really want to speak about looks. I want to hear about you, how you are. And then finally, if this is something where you know that keeping it lighthearted is going to be really tricky and that it's probably not going to get you very far, saying something like, I'd appreciate it if you don't mention my weight gain or loss in the future. I believe that we are all so much more than how we look and I want to focus on and celebrate these things instead. And this is really clear. It's setting a really clear boundary and you can always remind people of that in the future. And when it comes to work-life balance, gosh, it can often feel a bit like it's all about bums on seats and productivity. And as Peter says, this is just not how we get the most out of people. It's really encouraging to see that there are more organisations and companies now bringing in um, this idea of unlimited holiday and flexible hours. And I think this is probably mainly down to them realising that when we as humans have that freedom to choose and to decide what we do with our time. If we're doing a job that we're really passionate about and enjoying, the likelihood is we will be more productive even if we're actually spending less time at work than if we were to be given strict work hours. We thrive off that freedom and that autonomy. Whilst we enjoy structure, we do like a bit of autonomy, autonomy and freedom. And what's really important to remember is that we are cyclical. We work in seasons, not necessarily going with nature's seasons, how, however often that can be the case. But I like to refer to these seasons as winter, spring, summer, autumn. Um, and if you menstruate, you will find that the likelihood is your seasons kind of adjust within that 28-day-ish period. Um, but if not, then it, this still applies to you. It just may be a, a slightly longer um, period of time. But when we're in that winter phase of our life, we're in that hibernating phase. We don't have a huge amount of energy. We want to get cosy. We don't have as much um, creativity. We are looking to rest and recharge those batteries. Um, and this is a great time for doing those activities that recharge us. Then as we move into spring, things start to wake up a little bit. We start to feel a little bit more motivated, a little bit more productive, a little bit more focused. We're a little bit more creative. We've got more energy. We've, we're kind of doing things. We're building things. We're creating things. We're growing things, whatever it is. And when we move into summer, that's really the height of our productivity and our focus and our creativity and our enjoyment in life. And this is where we've got the most energy. And then as we move from summer to autumn, things start to slow down a little bit. We start to kind of move into that season of less energy, not quite as little as, as winter, but a little bit less energy. You know, a little bit more time is needed to recharge our batteries, etc. And then we're back into winter. Now, these seasons aren't going to be the same all the time and they're going to come and they're going to go. They'll ebb and they'll flow. And it's just about acknowledging which season you're in at the time and honouring that because we can't fight the season that we're in. 
if we go with the flow and we adjust things, the likelihood is that we will come out of that season quicker when we're not swimming upstream. So in the next clip, I asked Peter, how are you kind to yourself? How I'm kind to myself is I ask myself, how are you going? What do you need? What do you need right now? As I would to a friend and I really listen, the other big thing for me is to speak with kindness. It's not always been something I've done well, but what I have learned and practiced is speak to myself with encouragement because words really do matter and they have an impact. Uh, the other thing for me is time in nature. Even if it's just having a cup of coffee on the veranda in the morning, listening to the birds, watching the sun come up, or it might be a full day, just completely logging off and getting out and about. And I know that will recharge myself. Oh, Peter, this is just a, a wonderful reminder, I think, for all soulful nourishers. So it's all about, as Peter said, tuning into what you need right now. And often that means asking yourself. Sometimes we just don't know, especially if life is a little bit off balanced or we're feeling a bit stressed. If we don't take the time to kind of pause and go, wait a minute, how am I feeling? What do I need right now? We can just keep going on this hamster wheel. So it's really um, useful to pause, ask yourself what you need right now and, and truly listen. Speaking with kindness and encouragement is another thing. So many of my clients will kind of come to me and say, well, I can't do that. I can't speak to myself kindly or I can't encourage myself. And my answer is always, so what have you been doing up until now? And they'll say, well, I don't, I don't really speak very kindly to myself at all. In fact, I say really awful things to myself. Um, I have a go at myself all the time. I'm constantly nagging myself, constantly putting myself down. And in fact, I spend a lot of time shaming myself as well. And then encouraging wise, well, I don't, I do the opposite. I kind of make sure that if I do achieve something, I put it down to being on a whim or being down to good luck rather than me trying hard or working hard for it. And so therefore that encouragement is very, very slim in my life towards myself. And so then I'll ask them, how's that been working out for you? How has being unkind and shaming yourself and discouraging yourself from doing the things that you want to do worked out for you. And they'll often share that, well, it hasn't. This is why they've come to me. This is why they're looking at self-compassion work or self-care work or self-kindness work. This is why they feel like something needs to change. Here's the thing, you've spent up until now shaming yourself, being really unkind to yourself. Isn't it worth trying things the other way? Because we know that when we nurture something, be that a plant that we're growing, or a dish that we're cooking, or a pet, or a child, that they flourish. And so what could happen if we were to nurture ourselves? Spoiler, great things happen when we nurture ourselves when we speak with kindness and encouragement. But of course, it's not something that you can suddenly flip that switch and then it happens. This takes a lot of practice. It takes understanding how the brain works and rewiring those paths. It takes time. It's simple, but as always, it's not easy. Um, but that's what I work with clients to do. We work on rewiring those patterns so that we can get out of that shaming, so that we can start working on that encouraging, kind voice.
Peter also mentions time in nature and you'll notice that whenever I speak to clients and whether it's on the podcast or on a live, they will often mention time in nature and that's probably because it's something that I drone on about all the time in my courses and workshops and one-to-one sessions. Getting outdoors and getting fresh air does us the world of good and as Peter said, be that all day out in fresh air or actually just five minutes on the balcony with a cup of coffee. It doesn't matter. As long as you're getting some fresh air, it's going to do you good. Particularly through doing the Amazing Peter's Elevate course, is there are so many other facets to kindness and it's very holistic. Uh, There's just so many different areas to have an eye to, to ensure that uh, you are looking after yourself and you can demonstrate this and others can see how you can self-care. Two of the big ones for me were around rituals and also the role that ego plays um, in this work. Um, The other area I think is also that concept of it's not what you can do on your best day, it's what you can do on a day that is achievable and maintainable because I think a lot of other um, concepts out there talk about your best, best, best day and, you know, those don't always come along that often. Kindness is holistic and all of the work that I do, I'm often asked, yeah, but don't you find it really conflicting? Like you do work on helping people heal their relationship with food over here. Then you do work over there on helping people heal their relationship with their body. And then you do work over here on self-kindness and helping people to heal their relationship with themselves. You've got your fingers in many pies. I don't see it like that at all. I see it as a really holistic thing and it encompasses everything that we do, our day-to-day life, our lifestyle. It's all about looking at it holistically rather than trying to pinpoint this one thing that's going to work because there isn't a magic wand or a magic thing that is just going to work for you. There isn't just one thing. It's about creating a lifestyle. And that's what we work on on Elevate. Peter also mentions that two of the things that she found really useful on Elevate were creating rituals. And we really take time to look into this. And this is what kind of adds to that lifestyle is making sure these rituals are personalized. They're tailored to the individual. So it's not about a list of things that you have to do. In fact, I guide you to come up with these things and we look at planning them into the day to day. We look at how often it would suit you personally to do these things, how, for how long, what they would entail. And then the ego stuff, oh my goodness. It is a really important, very can be very difficult piece of work where together um, we look at the voice of your ego versus the kind voice within you. And it can be difficult to separate them at times but that's what's really important. If you're going to grow and evolve and elevate that level of self-kindness, we need to look at separating those voices and being able to tell the difference so that then we can make better choices. Let's hear a final word from Peter now. I would really like to thank Peter. She has been, I've said it before, she's an absolute um, warm cup of tea for the soul. Her teachings are so achievable. She is so supportive. And I really just want to take the opportunity to say a really big thank you. Thank you so much, Peter. It has just been wonderful to hear how you are kind to yourself. And I really think 
those listening to this podcast are going to get a lot out of it. As I said at the beginning, it's all about these small changes. I'm all about achievable steps. I don't ever want to share anything in on the podcast, on the blog, by newsletters, in the courses and the workshops and even one-to-one sessions that I think isn't achievable because there's no point in it. We're not looking to change our lives for a month. We're looking to make permanent lifelong changes. And it's all about those hedgehog steps. Now, I know you've heard me say this before, but I'm gonna say it again. Hedgehogs walk up to 12 miles a night on those teeny tiny little hedgehog feet. And each tiny step they take adds up to those 12 miles. It's all about the tiny steps to progress. And I know that if you make just one little change today, even if it's just getting outside for five minutes with your cuppa, it is going to make a difference. And even if it's a tiny difference, that's gonna have a knock-on effect on your day. If you've got any questions, if you'd like to hear more about Elevate, or if you'd just like a chat with me, pop an email over to Peter, that's P-E-T-A at nourishingsoulfully.com. As always, be gentle, be kind. You're doing the best you can, always. Sending lots of love your way.